0: they're coming to get you barbara what an excellent day for an exit
1: welcome to flight
0: night so like yesterday for like the last part of my day i just couldn't figure out why my fingertips smelled like bologna Oh Oh my my god. Hey guys, I didn't see you again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to TCQ Video Store.
1: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Carpenter Queens Podcast. Coming to you live from the employee bathroom at the TCQ Video Store, where you can pick up the best and worst in horror for only 69 cents a day. Welcome fellow queerdos. I'm a faggot who wears a Christmas sweater. Raymond
1: meow i'm a kitty cat named nick Hi. <coughs> hey. hello everybody welcome <laughs> to episode 24 that is like i can't even fathom that we're here at this number like oh my goodness
0: 24 episodes i can't believe people are still listening to us in honesty <laughs> but i'm glad believe- i'm glad i'm happy with our audience and i love that that they love the pod as much as we do.
1: I know. We have a very small community for our podcast. I don't even know if I would call it a community, but I love the people who just tune in every week. We are about six more episodes away from finishing out our first season. That just Mm -hmm. baffles me that we're we're gonna be sitting at 30 episodes. That's just beyond wild. We're about to become a series. Oh, look at me, mom, <laughs> in the <this> series. <laughs> As we get closer and closer to our season finale, we just really want to know one simple question.
0: Sound off on our
1: Instagram, Twitter, DM us, comment, send us a message on our beepers. We just want to know what films you would love for us to cover next season. What theme months sound good for you? Who should we have a special guest on our next season? We really, really want to know.
0: I definitely like some input. um, Because like this whole entire season was pretty much all us. Like they were all our choices as far as... Mm -hmm. Um, the picks, but I'm sure the audience members would suggest some pretty good bangers that we haven't seen yet. Umbi always coming through with the selections. We're gonna have to definitely take one from them, Um, but sound off guys. We'd love to hear your suggestions for season two. We're coming back for the sequel. Recently, we have been getting some interest.
1: If you would like to go to our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens or our Twitter at Carpenter Queens. So moving forward, we asked that same question and some of the suggestions I'm actually kind of excited for. Uh, we recently got from Umbi, Knife plus Heart. We also got May, which they suggested on their, the Pride Roundtable episode. Mm-hmm. We also got some suggestions to do Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I love I know. I know. <laughs> That's super exciting. We also got uh, a theme month suggestion of doing foreign films. And I think that would be really excellent. They actually kind of may have captured one of the ones that we already had in mind.
0: So I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited too. I love to hear the suggestions because of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but moving on to the slice yeah, update. <laughs> the slice news update (laughs) we are now two movies into the fear street trilogy directed by lee janik and a very stellar cast what do you think so far oh my god i do not have enough praise for
1: these movies. Surprisingly enough, we haven't been talking about it. I kind of, I'm very glad we saved it for this moment, but holy crap. I have watched them both the exact days that they have been released. I am so excited mm-hmm, for 1666. Mm-hmm.
0: Out of both of them, which one do you prefer? 1978.
1: Oh my God, me too! <laughs> yes!
0: I Don't get me wrong, 94 was great. Um, 94 captured my upbringing mm-hmm, with the it really soundtrack did. and like the cast essentially um, and the whole storyline. Um, for some reason, it didn't it didn't take me where I wanted it to take me, and I can't really pinpoint what like what really didn't like click for me. Mm-hmm. But 1978 totally clicked for me. It's totally clicked it for me out of the park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm the whole camp aesthetic absolutely um i'm i'm i feel bad because i don't know the main girl's name but the redhead from stranger stranger things right she's from stranger 80
1: things. oh my sister's gonna kill me it's her new she's her new obsession i know i saw her
0: instagram <laughs> uh, well she knows what we're talking about so her she smashed <laughs> her, her for me just her? like i knew just like i knew she would i love the killer i loved everything about it it was great the story just keeps getting better and better it really does. So, so the fact that it like has gotten progressively better since the first one, I'm really hoping they keep that momentum going with 1666 because I'm really excited with this whole witch story that they're going with. I am too. I need to praise... So there was a lot of flack for
1: 1994. There was a lot of flack for 1994. But I will reach out, hey, Destination 180, thank you for the wonderful shout out and thank you for also agreeing mm. with me on my emotions towards 1994. A lot of them were like... The criticisms were, it's not changing anything. It's so formulaic. It's like mm-hmm. not really adding anything new. And I kind of disagreed. I'm just, cause uh, did you not get that it was a B flick? That's an homage to like 90 slashers. And I disagree because I could not recall a mainstream film on a giant platform like Netflix where the two main leads are lesbians. Lesbian
0: couple, uh-huh.
1: It may be small very to a lot true. of people now, but for me, no. my little queer heart, I was just like, I needed this. I wish I had this. And I'm so glad yeah. that people have this now because I fucking loved it. 78 just built on top of it. I think you're right. Something about 94, and I think it's because like the third act kind of lulls. And you, uh-huh. it really dips and the f- grand finale of the grocery store is fantastic i guess spoilers yeah. sorry everybody it's been out for a minute but <laughs> <laughs> for real we're on part two already about to be on part three so whatevs and i'm so hyped for 1666 each one has had its own distinct vibe and soundtrack i have to give a shout out to 1978 soundtrack it was so like friday the 13th sleep away camp and Im- mm-hmm. beautiful everything was done with such like a wink wink nudge nudge and i was genuinely scared on this one i do not yes. like fast big like movers
0: of killers those
1: ones freaking <laughs> the fuck out
0: yeah he was hauling ass yes he was i kept waiting for the part because i knew from 1994 is that he had a sack on his face, which was a great like nod to friday the 13th mm-hmm. and the original um what jason looked like But I was waiting for him to get the sack on his head. I was like, when? When is he gonna get the reveal with the sack? When does he get the sack on his head? When he finally got it, I was, I had my moment. It was beautiful. I loved the reveals. I loved the
1: connections. I love this overarching Mm -hmm. storyline. I can't wait to see what they do. I really can't
0: wait to see what they do. I can't, they they better not fuck it up.
1: Uh, Don't throw that out into the ether. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, American Horror Stories drops this week. First thoughts from the trailer: feelings, hopes, dreams, worries. I'm a
0: big American Horror Story fan, as we've discussed on the pod before. So I whether have that be good or bad. Ho- <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> high hopes, but I'm also going into it with a grain of salt and realistically, and knowing this has the potential to be a total train wreck. Oh, yeah. but I'm not putting. I'm not even trying to put that in this universe. I have high hopes for it, mm-hmm. and like we've discussed, I think this new format. Would re- is really going to benefit it because, like we've discussed before, with past American Horror Story seasons, it tends to lull by like the second act, and then like sometimes it kind of picks up in the third, depending. Maybe on the if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I kind of have the same resentments because from the first trailer, I'm not gonna. I'm. I am sorry. After the trailer, my hopes kind of got pushed down a little more because. First off, it feels like a lesser production, like from the camera use itself. You can tell that they use digital cameras now instead of the film that they normally do American Horror Story with. So for me, I'm like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. Have they been shooting it on film? It looks like it. In my opinion, it looks like film. And it has more of like a crisp, very interesting like camera work to it. But this season just kind of feels, I'm worried. I'm just going to say I'm worried. I don't want to put anything negative out in there too. But I mean, I'm going to (laughs) watch. We both know we're going to watch.
0: We're both gonna watch for sure so that way we can sit up here on our pedestals and rip it. On you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, it's there. We're gonna watch and we'll see what happens. We'll
1: see with everybody else. We'll let you know when we know because we are what? Top reporters working with Gail Weathers.
0: Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Enter typing, <laughs> typewriter noise. Moving on to this week's movie. For one night only, see the two horror-headed
1: honchos compete for the bloody slasher crown. In one corner, the child-killing, wisecracker from Elm Street, Freddy
0: Krueger. And in the other corner, we have the silent but deadly Mars Boy Killer, the kept Crystal Lake himself, Jason Woodhead.
1: It's time to place your bets! The Carpenter Queens are hosting the ultimate fight night with Ronnie Woo's Freddy versus Jason.
0: listeners you can stream this on hbo max coming to the best streaming it's becoming like a pretty heavy hitter for horror movies on there god i am obsessed with their catalog of stuff i've
1: hey sponsor
0: i want to be sponsored i i will gladly take a sponsor from hbo max (laughs) you could probably rent it on amazon if not you're just gonna have to own it and quite honestly if you're a fan of either of these franchises you're gonna want to own it this was a big, like, long time coming. This is like an ultimate matchdown, and this is so campy and good. Like, why didn't you want
1: to? Right, this movie is ridiculous. Before we talk about the ridiculousness, wire fighting, kung fu action, four twenty, what you smoking? What did you pair with this week's watch?
0: I have officially run out of all my fancy cute shit and I am Ooh. back to just working on my stash which is still good shit don't get me wrong it's still <laughs> fire flower but uh yeah I ran out of all my cute blunts and joints and wraps and all that shit I even ran out of my like pen like I have to go stop by the dispensary and get a new oh my cartridge God. for my pen I'm so
1: low I only have 3 ounces left I don't know what to do I'm poor <laughs>
0: But what did you smoke on this week with this epic smackdown for the crown? I smoked some lovely tangerine joints today. I smoked
1: it with my Ooh. new favorite smoking toy. Thank you so, 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 so much, Laura, for our new joint holders. They are the yes. cutest things in the world. Laura has been a fan since literally day one, and she sent out these beautiful care packages. It literally made me cry. And we just want to give her a wonderful mm-hmm. shout out for our goodie bags. And I had to use it for this week's episode she made the cutest little joint clip holders mm-hmm. it's got b- beautiful beading on it it's got michael myers with a knife a cutie little michael and then the cutest little dangly like knife like chain. bloody
0: uh-huh, chef's knife it's the cutest little roach clip i've ever seen in my entire life and you had to educate me and tell me it was a roach clip because i was trying to wear it as an <laughs> earring <laughs> You uh, you're doing dead the dead gayest hard. shit possible. <laughs> like,
1: oh my God, the beadwork. This would make a beautiful statement piece. You're
0: such an <laughs> asshole. I did. And I was like, Jackie, it hurts my ears. Like, it's a roach clip, stupid. Yeah, I'm telling you, I have the mind of a master... Master... I have the mind of a mastermind. What's that? I don't know, but... And I'm so creative like that. <laughs> <This> <laughs> Whatever. The, the point is... That- The gift was very thoughtful, Laura, and uh, quite honestly, it was very touching. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the gifts. Thank you so much, and if anyone ever wants to send me one, like,
1: smoking paraphernalia, I will gladly (laughs) accept it at (laughs) any time. But for this week's movie, let's begin the goddamn breakdown. Freddy vs. Jason was released August 15th, 2003, with a runtime of 1 hour and 37 minutes, we have the most taglines we've ever had for a movie.
0: Yeah, I, for a second, I was like, what is all this? And I was like, did, did, is there only one? And then I realized that they're all taglines.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> actually had to cut three because there were three more included, but they were in different <laughs> languages and then translated. And I was, just, oh my I had God. Pick, these were the ones that <laughs> I picked. So <clears throat> the taglines.
0: The slicer, the dicer. And this time, they're not any nicer. It's freaking awful.
1: Why does that sound like a Christmas horror movie? <laughs> so, so bad! <laughs> it's so bad!
0: Freddy vs. Jason. Place your bets. A Nightmare on Elm Street meets Friday the 13th. That's a- that's literally like two on the nose for my liking. <laughs> sorry! A fright to the death. Winner kills all. Evil will battle evil. Even a killer has something to fear. When the son of a hundred maniacs battles an unstoppable kill machine, none will survive. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Jason's at your door. I'd love that one. I really like one. the last one. Right? The last one's probably my favorite. Um, the second to last one, the son of a hundred maniacs, it's, it's long-winded and i so the son of 100 maniacs reference is because that's what fred is supposed freddy is supposed to be the son of mm-hmm. 100 maniacs or whatever but
1: i hate that it's just line. long-winded it's very it's stupid. V- it's, yeah
0: it is it's very
1: long-winded and stupid i would say out of all of these the first one's the best and the the last one's the best but the first one is you think just the first one's the best i recorrected myself and i said the last one's the best and the first one is the worst Oh! Oh, but you want to really fight? I'm sorry, I had
0: to jump the gun on that one. She was ready to attack. I was. Bitch, you already compared this to a Christmas quote.
1: <laughs> you seem so distraught. Moving on. This film was directed by Ronnie Wu, who directed the infamous 1998 Bride of Chucky. Uh, Bride of Chucky is my favorite Chucky. I don't care what anyone says. I will fight anyone. Tiffany makes that movie for me.
0: I said what I said, and I'm putting it down. I'm gonna meet you in the parking lot. I'm about to beat this bitch up.
1: I'm about to beat this bitch up.
0: I mean, it's good. I wouldn't say it's the best, Chucky,
1: out of the series. It, to- But intonally, I feel like both of these movies can belong in the same universe. The same color the oh, yeah. palette, the way that it's shot, both feel like extravagant action horror movies.
0: They shouldn't, though, because these movies came out like five years apart. So he should have grown as a director oh. by then, and Ooh. he did it.
1: Oh my god. You have a lot of opinions <laughs> of me tonight, Shay. Moving on for our script, with characters by Wes Craven and Victor Miller, but the script was written by Damien Shannon and Mark Swift. They would both go on to write the Friday the 13th remake in 2009.
0: I... Which j- we both adore.
1: J'adore <laughs> the remake. I'm just going to put a little ding and leave that up in the air as foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave listeners, it at that. Listeners, <laughs> that's all I'm going to leave for listeners. Moving on to the cast, starring the one... The only as he can play Robert England as Freddy Motherfucking Kruger. Starring a recast of Ken Kurzinger <laughs> as Jason Voorhees. And we'll get, into, we'll get into yeah. it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Uh Monica Kina as Lori Campbell. L-O-R-I, not L-A-U-R-I-E. <laughs> Monica Kina. <laughs> or, uh, how or Lori,
1: I've also seen L-A-U-R-Y
0: lore. Oh, that's stupid. It
1: is. She was. She
0: was. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Ritter as Will Rollins. Kelly Rowland as Kia Watterson. Chris Marquette as Charlie Linderman. Brendan Fletcher as Mark Davis. Catherine Isabel as Gibb. Lachlan Monroe as Deputy Scott Stubbs. Kyle Labine as... Bill Freeberg and Paula Shaw as Mrs. Pamela Voorhees. Is it Freebug or Freeberg? Uh, I don't know. I don't where, know. Where Either that?
1: way, he's just a Jay and Silent Bob knockoff. That's all I'm going to. No, you're right. Your I think ass. it
0: is. I think it is Freeberg. You're right.
1: He's Jay. Whatever. Moving on.
0: <laughs> yes. <he is>. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was a shame that the original Mrs. Voorhees didn't want to come back. Well to she her role. They gave her the script, but she was like, I'm
1: not doing nothing in this movie. Like I
0: I have She was she was so done with the series by this point, but it just it sucks, you know? Like like people like Jamie Lee Curtis and, and John Carpenter, they embrace it and they come back. For money. Yeah, that's true. The money for I mean, money. I'm money. sure they would've gave yeah, she had like a she would have had a five second scene in the beginning of the movie. How much money did she think she was gonna get? That's why she didn't take
1: it. <laughs> moving on to reviews IMDB gave it a 5.7 out of 10 Metacritic gave it a 37 out of 100 Rotten Tomatoes a tomato meter score I say it wrong every time but it is a 41% and a 50% audience score I can see why these scores are so low I can understand why it's so low this is a cheese fest of a movie and this movie quite literally for me for me personally it's for the fans this movie was made for the horror nerds out there
0: yeah i mean this was a long time coming and this was something that they had hinted at years prior in the last jason movie so yeah this is a movie for the fans and even though it was cheesy and campy it, look at look at the Look at the gross.
1: Look at the oh, which is why it belongs on our summer blockbuster. The worldwide gross of about 114 million Zola hairs. And I that Jesus. number has fluctuated. I've seen 116. I've seen 120. So I, I've never been able to find like an accurate, but I went with the average. It would be the highest grossing film in the Friday the 13th series and supposedly the second highest grossing in the Nightmare film series. However, that's also, I found, one source where it said it was and another source that it wasn't, so...
0: Do you know what was the one that beat it out for top? I believe
1: it was the new one, but that could just I knew be... It. But that could just be for adjusted uh,
0: gross income. Ju- adjusted for inflation. Whoops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um also because people didn't know what they were getting themselves into when jackie Earl haley took on the role for the crew right. we'll get
1: into that <laughs> maybe we'll get into that on a separate episode but i'm not <laughs> gonna touch that our production we had a budget of 30 million dollars so the fact that it made that 114 was ridiculous
0: but i anyone could have told you that this was gonna make money are you kidding me absolutely moving on to pre-production the setup of a horror matchup has been in the works for years. Wanting a fight that feels reminiscent of old Universal Monster mashups, fans were eager and feverish for the two Titans to go, to go head to head. The idea had been toyed with and even made an appearance at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday in 1993. Freddy's Krueger gloved hand burst out of the dirt grave to pull Jason's mask into hell. And you can't hint at something like that. And, and then like not touch on it for another 10 years. What a Like, talk about a case of blue balls, bitch.
1: Oh my God, time and place.
0: I mean, <laughs> you're so stupid. You're
1: absolutely correct. But I mean, come on, they never thought that Jason, this, I don't think anyone at that time really thought that this was gonna be made. So they were just like, let's, yeah. let's end this fucking shit with a really cool goddamn scene. And they this did- This is true. And that hand of Freddy Krueger is played by Kane Hodder. So he happened to play <gasps> Krueger and Jason yeah. with the universe. Yes, that's awesome. I know we love. We're gonna talk about hotter in a second. Uh, however, plans were stalled mainly due to Paramount still owning the imagery and rights to Jason. Paramount not wanting to let go of the rights and wanting to distribute the film themselves. But however, they would budge and the wheels would finally begin to move. And I think that this kind of came out at the perfect time. I think any later that it would come out it wouldn't be relevant so they had to strike when they could
0: when these two studios would allow their like icons to fight you know Mm -hmm. yeah the biggest issue was it was coming up with a concept how to combine these two titans into one film freddie from his dream world and jason in the very much real world of camp crystal lake multiple scripts would attempt at blending these two worlds together no one knows the exact number of writers attached to the concept, but it ranges anywhere from 13 to 17 writers, depending on who you ask. A few of these scripts included a quote, Fredhead cult that was the, con- that was a, and now concept was dropped thank god the cult would fear or excuse me the cult would wear freddy sweaters and attempt at resurrecting him there was also one point a murder trial for jason as well as one concept having freddy peeing on jason's grave (laughs) to awaken him the film was known as the longest running scripts in hollywood this was terrible oh i
1: know this was in pre-production hell forever this was like uh what's that word a um like an old wives tale. I suppose of like this supposed script going around Hollywood. And are you kidding me? A Fred head cult? Like I'm, they were trying to touch Halloween territory with the curse of Michael Myers there.
0: (gasps) Oh my God. They were.
1: And the Jason (laughs) trial thing was supposedly inspired by the OJ Simpson case. And the main (gasps) character was supposed to be the lawyer representing Jason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. These are all awful ideas, awful. And I can see why they got axed.
1: <laughs> but they were still paid to try and make these.
0: I think the Freddy peeing on Jason's grave to awaken him is probably the worst one.
1: That happens, I believe, in the fourth one, when the dog pees on Freddy's grave and he awakens. Really? Yes, ma'am. I'm a big nightmare stan, and I believe that happens in the fourth one, and that's how he's awoken. You can correct me if I'm wrong, or you can meet me outside in the fucking parking lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch so I can fight you. <laughs>
1: Uh, eventually the writers damian shannon and mark swift understood to not mess with the villains origins and attempted at a more natural way of blending the two together And i think they did a very excellent job because as ridiculous as this concept is this is the most natural way
0: i think you could have brought the two together i agree i agree i don't think there's any other i think they they found a concept that was the only feasible concept to bring the two (laughs) together. But for me, it works. It It works. Oh, they forgot about Freddy. Freddy's like, I can't be forgotten. I'm going to use Jason to make them think it's me, Mm -hmm. to make them scared of me again so I can bring come back and kill all these motherfucking children. Because it's
1: simple. It's not overcomplicated like a trial or a cult. (laughs) A murder trial
0: (laughs) for, for Jason. Okay. As this process moved along, Kane Hodder, who is best known for his portrayal of Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 7, 8, Final Friday, and Jason X, was in star in The Showdown. However, the studio decided they wanted to go in a different direction with Jason, and they wanted to create a quote, David and Goliath tone to the two heavyweights, wanting to create a visual cue of one villain tall and strong and the other one small and lanky. The film would move on without Hodder. They would instead hire stunt actor Ken Kurzinger, who would be the tallest actor to date to play Jason, who stands at a whopping six foot five.
1: Ooh, tell me about that intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, Tell me more. Oh,
1: why don't you come and fuck me in the ass sometime? <laughs> I have met Kane Hodder before, I've worked with him on a shoot, and he is the sweetest man, he loves playing Jason, he wears it with like a badge of honor, he was also used Mm -hmm. to help make the Friday the 13th video game, and it is just a shame that we did not get him in this movie, because to the fans, he's Jason. And so yeah. it was a big blowback when New Line Cinema decided we're going to go in a different direction. It slightly reminds me of Freddy Two when they replaced Robert England. Yeah, and
0: unfortunately, Jason's an easier character to replace the different actor because he doesn't talk or anything. And so, unfortunately, they got away with it and. It just, it's really shitty. In my opinion, it was a total slap in the face to Kane Hodder. The fact that they didn't, even if you wanted to go with a certain look and that's why you hired this different actor, you could have still brought him on to be like some sort of creative consultant. Maybe he could have been like, he could have played himself like in there, like as a surprise, a cameo, like that would have been cute, like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like it was such a, like in my opinion, it was so disrespectful to like completely leave him out of the series completely. I completely agree. And
1: Unfortunately, you are right. Jason is one of the few characters that you can get away with another person in underneath the hockey mask. No, yeah. but I kind of also agree with the studio—the visual cues of the giant Jason. Is <laughs> it
0: really works. You need I, I agree too. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there was either if they if there wasn't a way to keep Kane hotter and cheat it in camera some way, and you I wish they would have just they could have potentially yeah you know, like they could have used like a stand-in for the wide shots and kept him for the close-ups and mediums whatever
1: if lord of the um, rings can cheat camera work to make the hobbits look incredibly <gasps> tiny they could do it in freddie versus jason i don't want to hear anything whatever
0: oh, yeah. justice way, for those, those in-camera angles from the lord of the rings are fucking insane i, I have never watched this series yeah. but i've seen some of the behind the scenes and it's Fucking insane.
1: Well, surprise, welcome to our spinoff podcast, Lord of the Rings, (laughs) where Jackie watches Lord (laughs) of the Rings for the first time.
0: (laughs) Record scratch, we're x that out right now, that's not happening.
1: Uh, Moving on to production, Monica Kina, our final girl, has famously stated her deep fear of Freddy Krueger as a child, even having to take a photo of Robert England out of drag and put a photo of Freddy Krueger and placing them together to tell herself it's only a movie and swore to never make movies that scared people. Cut to a few years later and she's our final girl. And I actually kind of love Monica Kina as a final girl. Some, a lot of scenes are extremely overacted, but girl, she commits and she does that actress thing really well that I love so much. The
0: the Nev Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) She does do that a lot. She's she's very pretty. She's got like the big eyes and that's about it. Ah! Um. She's alright. She's alright as a final girl, I guess. She's definitely not my, my top five. I also kind of agree. Moving on! <laughs> <laughs> Brad Renfro was originally cast as Will, but unfortunately had to be replaced a week before filming by Jason Ritter, who was cast after Ron Yu loved working with his father, John Ritter, on The Bride of Chucky.
1: Apparently Brad Renfro was going through difficulties with addiction and apparently showed up mm-hmm. to high work and they replaced him about a weekend so that's very unfortunate and we did lose yeah. Brad Renfro to addiction so rest in peace we placed Jason Ritter was a good replacement and I also think that he did have like a testing test screening for along those lines and they just went with someone else but luckily they pulled him back in and
0: after being told a weekend that's pretty good girl I know. Brandon Fletcher's character originally had a brother that played a bigger role within the storyline. The brother Bobby Davis, played by Zach Ward of Christmas Story fame, was alluded to have committed suicide due to Freddy's torment. This included an elaborate bathroom set, massive special effects, and film for a good day and a half. It felt more nightmare in tone, the classic dream stalking Freddy is known for. However, this was cut due to time
1: and the deleted scenes are actually really excellent. I would suggest anyone watching it. But it's that kind of sucks. But they also did this with quite a few characters. Apparently, Gibbs character wasn't originally there. There was a different character named Jenny that got cut. So the character who's the actress who was playing Jenny got moved to Gibb. And there's a situation with that because that actress, Catherine Isabel, has gone on to state that she's not very fond of this movie because apparently she had in her clause a no-nudity clause, but ronnie Wu kept pressuring her into trying to do it she was very uncomfortable Ooh. yes but they negotiated and she ended up having a body double but that's just shitty that's just shitty like yeah. there's no other way around that that's just really gross it is disgusting no means no throughout the film robert england would do a lot of his own stunts and i believe this is his last appearance as freddy
0: i think it is yeah. at least within the film were- film canon Yeah, because we wouldn't get another uh, Nightmare movie until the reboot with uh, Jackie Earl
1: Haley. (laughs) Every time you mention his name, there's always just like a chill in the wind. Apparently, Kelly Rowland's monologue before her character famously dies, which is up for a lot of contention and we're gonna talk about it, but apparently it was not written by the original screenwriters. They originally intended for Kelly Rowland to have Nancy's end monologue from the first Nightmare film, but no one can really state who changed this and they kept it in the film. And we're gonna talk about why this monologue is so freaking problematic. Mm -hmm. Early 2000s homophobia, y'all. We've talked about it once. We're gonna talk about her again. We love
0: to see it. (laughs) (laughs) The growth. Originally, there was an alternate ending and the studio wanted a happier ending, which included the two leads hooking up until Will transforms into Freddy and slashes until it cuts to black. This was obviously cut, and thank the Lord it was. Because even, well, I'll wait till we get to the end of the actual film. <laughs> and our only fun fact is the film being a huge success,
1: there were talks for a sequel. There were plans for a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. But this was eventually turned into a comic by Wildstorm Comics in 2007. And I would have gagged if Bruce Campbell came in as like the hero against these two.
0: Uh, I would have gagged too. That- Fine ass Bruce Campbell, daddy Bruce Campbell. Oh God, I have so many good feelings about him. We should really do Evil Dad. Sound doc. y'all want us to do Evil Dad, <laughs> let us know.
1: We are gonna move on to our movie. We're gonna get to our fighting action after the commercial break.
0: We open to a human, Freddy Krueger, murdering a young girl in his boiler room, filling out his scrapbook of murdered children, in a voiceover, Freddy explains his reign of terror and his origins. From the parents who burned him alive to his murders in every film, he explains that his children were always his source of power. And now that he's in hell, it's not death that's horrible. It's being forgotten. Now that's a bitch. <laughs>
1: we get our first bitch in like less than a minute of the movie. <laughs> it's Freddy's favorite word. It is a nightmare film, y'all. Are you
0: ready? Oh. Bitch. <laughs> he cannot return if no one remembers. I love like, his old monologue. Uh, but he cannot return if no one remembers Kruger. So in order to return, he score he scoured the depths of hell and finds Jason Voorhees, the person he needs to reawaken his children's nightmares. We cut to a young woman undressing on a lake
1: dock. She waits for her boyfriend in the water when the classic setup of a Friday film commences. We hear the infamous as she realizes something's not right and runs for her life, she runs through Ooh. a forest. <laughs> she runs through a forest until she inevitably trips and runs into the towering Jason. She's pinned to a tree by his classic machete. Soon, the young woman morphs into Jason's victims. Quickly, Jason's mother appears behind him and explains that Jason has been asleep and the time has come to awaken for mommy's plans. I need you to go to Elm Street. The children of Elm Street have been very bad, Jason hear my voice and live again. It's so like, (laughs) I love- Theatrical and dramatic. So good, Jason's corpse- It is. It's so good, Jason's corpse begins to beat and he awakens in a forest. He rises from the grave and as Jason slowly makes his way to Elm Street, his mother morphs into Freddy and his plan moves into action. Quick gashes are cut through random skin and we get a title card. Hard 2000s rock play is as we then move to elm street i if you were going to open a freddy versus jason movie i i think this sets it up so campy and delicious and i think that the opening credits just the design of them and the blood Mm -hmm. splashing and the hardcore rock playing it's just so like early 2000s like, hardcore, badass <laughs> rock. And this movie is not going to please anyone except the people who love these movies. And that is so evident. Yeah.
0: This movie is, like we've said before, is definitely a movie for the fans and also very much a product of its time, so be aware. <laughs> what do you think of Freddy's device of using Jason? I think it's genius. I think the, like we've said, like the plot line that they came up with to link their two worlds together and how is using Jason to make the people of Springwood scared of him again and to bring like, you know, to get that power back. I think it's smart. I think it was probably the best route they could have taken mm-hmm. to bring these two Titans together. It's so good. On a rainy day, we return to the classic 1428 Elm street home. Once lived in by Nancy and Jesse, it is now inhabited by a young girl, Lori Campbell and her two friends, Kia and Gib. After a rousing game of kill, Mary fuck and discussing if Kia needs a nose job, they are visited by Trey Gibbs, boyfriend and Blake. They bring beers and testosterone and pretty much nothing else besides toxic masculinity. Oh my god, honestly, but I love this Kill Mary fuck because what teenage girls are doing
1: the three stooges as like their first round? <laughs> <laughs> By the
0: way, who would have you picked? They're all bottoms. Uh the bald one to to who okay, hold on. <laughs> I I guess I'd marry the bald one because he's probably the most doable and like tolerant <laughs> of all three. The faces I... you're
1: making right now are just so good. It's like a saw trap.
0: <laughs> I'd, f- <laughs> I'd fuck Curly and I'd kill Moe.
1: I kind of agree with that whole thing. <laughs> because they also do Shaggy Shaggy Fred and I think Scoob. Ew. How oh, we know? George! I would marry Scoob. <laughs> Scoob's the only tolerable one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I'd marry Scoob. Oh no and marry fuck Shaggy. Shaggy. No, I'd fuck Fred and I'd then Fred. marry Shaggy. Oh, wait. This is hard. Oh, no, but I don't want to kill Shaggy.
1: And i just be like a polyamorous relationship and call it good.
0: Right? Can we all just stay together all three of us? All
1: four don't of us? Don't worry, guys. But th- you're also right about the toxic masculinity, but my favorite thing that's not favorite because... <laughs> This movie is so 2000s because Gibb is drunk and she's like, I'm going to go get more beer. And of course, Lori, being the good girl, asks her, are you okay to drive? Yeah, I'm not even above the legal limit. It's good. And then <laughs> that's when Train
0: Blake come in. I, I don't care about these characters. No, they're totally disposable <laughs> characters, including Kelly Rowland herself. She's, not, she's probably at the top of the list too. Oh, I know. But... Uh, Moving on, yeah, they're disposable characters. (laughs) Not a joke, just a fact.
1: We learn that Laurie is still holding out for a boy she once loved who no longer keeps in contact with her. And her friends are attempting at hooking her up with someone new, this Blake guy. And I love the way he tries to pick her up. I really like your feng shui. You ever heard about feng shui? Kelly Rowland coming through with... Oh, you should see her bedroom. Great flow in there. So good.
0: (laughs) Queer. (laughs) He's over here noticing her interior decor. I
1: didn't even pick up on that. Uh, Gibbs and her asshole boyfriend with a cute ass move upstairs to the bedroom. We even learn that Lori's mother has passed and that her father needs her, but it's just plot development. And quickly, Jason makes his way into the home. After Gibb and her asshole boyfriend pork each other, she makes her way <laughs> to get the shower to wash off. While she showers, we get one of the most infamous deaths in the film. Jason appears and stabs his machete both through Trey and the bed. But to finish the goddamn job, Jason folds both the bed and Trey in half. Gib quickly discovers blood and screams as everyone in the home quickly makes a dash out into the rain and finds a cop. Are you in need of help? What the fuck
0: do you think? This whole scene from post-coitus until what the fuck do you think is my favorite scene, I think. <laughs> because one, even though her boyfriend is a disgusting a pork pig of an asshole, I want a pork. <laughs> He's <is> so <laughs> hot. He's so that ha- oh, What? These are supposed to be high school kids. I didn't go people who look like that in high school. This man had a hairy torso and a fat ass son. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that kill. (laughs) Are you choking on your coffee? Yes. And um, that kill was epic. The the machete through the back and then the folding in half. They've used it amazing. in like every Halloween Horror Nights maze that ever shows for Jason, mm-hmm. even
1: if it's not that movie. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to show this death. I love it. It's so wild and just like ridiculously camp death that it's fucking amazing. I also kind of agree Trey is hot. He's like that hot, trashy, early 2000s guy who like parts his mm-hmm. hair and he's kind of greasy. Ugh. And he's got like... Okay, m- we don't have to describe him. Maybe like a puka shell necklace, but you're still kind of oh We're definitely what taking what it off about. before sex.
0: <laughs> but also the the cop that they run into, I also kind of hate him because he's the guy from Scary, Scary Movie. Movie. Every time I see him, I can only think of him and his tiny dick for and Scary Movie. small pee pee. <laughs> His micro penis. Not micro penis shaming anybody, but it's hilarious in that movie. <laughs> Moving on. Take you to a police station. New deputy. His name is Deputy Scott Stubbs. Is weary and questioning of the Elm Street home, but told to keep it under wraps. Lori is left alone in the interrogation room until she remembers the singular name. Ready. Suddenly, she's completely alone in the station. As she wanders in the abandoned building, blood drops disappear as she makes her way, following the cries of a young girl. Lori approaches the sobbing girl until she realizes that her eyes are gouged out. Ah! (laughs) His name is Freddy Krueger and he loves children, especially little girls. Uh Freddy's coming back. Soon he'll be strong enough. It's okay to be afraid. We were all afraid. Warn your friends.
1: Warn everyone. Dun, dun, dun. So, cheesy. so cheesy. So cheesy. It's so cheesy. But I like the imagery. I like when she's walking through the hallway, and those pictures of the missing kids follow her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. I like yeah,
0: that was cool. I also like when she gets to the room with like all the kids with bandaged up eyes, and they're all just laying on the bed. Uh, they get up, and you just uh, see uh, the like hallway uh, full of them. That's. Pretty uh, cool. uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> you're so stupid. Lori is transported to a bloody Elm Street home and the classic little girl singing Freddie's lullaby. Freddie jumps out for his scare and Lori quickly awakens from her slumber at the station and is back to normal.
1: My only complaint with this movie is that everybody just randomly falls asleep. Like it just, <laughs> like everybody yeah. randomly falls asleep everybody yeah. like this town think about has a caffeine deficiency and like an iron <laughs> deficiency there's pills for that
0: like what is going on at least in the like uh nightmare on i'm sure make they had like micro naps because they weren't sleeping this just doesn't make any sense and at they
1: were awake so long that they started hallucinating that made sense mm-hmm. this they just like every we're gonna it's oh god we're gonna do this, this like a seven sleepy more town times it was springwood ohio it's <laughs> <You're> so stupid <laughs> Later that night, Blake is approached by his dad who is very aggressive about his friend's death. My friend just died, dad. (laughs) Blake (laughs) drinks away the trauma and swears he will take out Freddy himself. Suddenly he's approached by Freddy and is attacked, but Freddy is not strong enough to murder Jess yet. He decides to let Jason have some fun. They just wanted to do like a nod to the original, but it's not as good as the original because it's all CGI. <laughs> even the fucking blood is CGI, cgi bitch i know um blake awakens yeah, this to is, his, this. it's not it's not it let's just it's not the scene. blake awakens to his dad sitting next to him when he taps his dad his head rolls off and a fountain of blood spews forth jason appears and quickly slashes his way through blake and it's cut blake was a nothing character that death was gone but my favorite concept is just the idea that jason cut this guy's head off but re put it on Sadam next to Blake, who. <laughs>
0: I didn't even think about that. Jason's like da, 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 da. It's the
1: aesthetic.
0: It's the aesthetic. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, hold on. Can I gotta hurry, put this shit back on for this kid wakes up? It's not realistic. It's just not realistic. Cut to the Weston Hills mental facility where we meet Mark and Will who are given hypnosil to keep them docile. A news reporter appears.
1: Every time they say hypnosil, all I can think of Futurama with the frogs. So
0: every time it comes up, all I can think of hypnosil, Mm. hypnosil. It's just- (laughs) <laughs> oh wait I don't know that one I thought you were talking about the frogs That were it is the frogs infinity. but all I hear oh. is hey, no, oh my god you're so stupid <laughs> a news reporter in the TV background appears showing Lori's incident and Mark attempts to see more the facility has other plans for them it's explained that Mark let the cops know that Lori's father murdered his wife and it's why he's in the facility That night, Mark and Will develop a plan to escape and Mark shows off his bubble butt ass as a distraction. They snatch the keys away from the orderlies and they both quickly escape into the rain and attempt at returning to Lori. That is a wonderful ass. It is a gorgeous bubble butt creamy white ass. I just want
1: to sniff it. I just want to sniff it. Even though the audio adds in like two fart noises and I'm like, (laughs) y'all, you didn't have to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you have to go there? (laughs) A fart joke in a Freddy movie, really, guys? I'm just saying it shattered the illusion for me. I'm like, that is a straight guy's ass. I'm pretty sure it's not well kept. Oh, Jesus. Gross.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. never (laughs) is, dear. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, Lori's father puts hypnosis on Lori's orange juice. She doesn't drink it, and she leaves her school. Well, at least drink your juice. (laughs) Drink the juice, Shelby. Drink the juice
1: drink the juice i don't i don't want to drink i don't want to drink the juice mom (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just funny the dad is just so blatantly like a bad guy
0: and Lori's just like
1: that's just my dad i'm like okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh dad you're so silly i'm not gonna drink my lace juice
1: dad i've already had three cups of juice this morning you're so funny (laughs) like (laughs) once at school the group of girls are shaken by both the murders and attempt at figuring out what the hell is going on in the hallways Lori is approached by charlie who clearly has a big crush on her and i love the nerd characters but kia quickly shuts that shit down a knockoff jay from jane's hand on bob is giving invites to a party later that night they call him freebug While Lori tries to explain her nightmare and what she saw, Mark and Will appear frightening Lori and her friends. But Lori is so overcome with emotion that Will has appeared that she faints. What high school allows you guys to have all this activity going on? Get to fucking class. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't you guys be in class? Where's the hall monitor? My favorite though is just Mark who like Forces her to have a panic attack because she's just, oh, this and then his bloody face, and everyone's like, What are you talking about? And he comes out and he's like, One, two, Freddy's gonna <laughs> kill you, and he fucking murders kids, and he's gonna come for you and everybody you love, <laughs> and you need to get out of there. And I'm surprised he doesn't start shaking her. Calm down, calm down, lover.
0: <laughs> calm down. Why aren't you calling me down? <laughs> So it's so funny. It is so funny I'll to me. Dial it back a notch. Kelly Rowland is probably my least favorite character no. in this movie. I'm stating that now because she's mean to this nerd kid. She's homophobic. <laughs> she's got body dysmorphia. Oh like, my God. Go in I don't with know. poor Kelly Rowland's character. I don't like I don't like her. I like Kelly Rowland as a person. She's a great music artist. Acting ain't for you, baby. Oh,
1: ooh. I don't think it was the acting. I think it was the lines, honey, if we're gonna gonna get to it.
0: No, let's call a spade a spade, mama. It was the acting. I ain't got nothing to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) In the nurse's office, Lori is passed out while Kia waits for her to wake up. Kia looks through magazines and tries to figure out which nose is correct for her. And she looks (laughs) through the magazine disturbing- Do you like
1: this one or do you like this one? This one's a Michael Jackson, but this one's a prince.
0: I don't know, I, was thinking, I think it was going more Nicole Kidman or maybe even a Reese Witherspoon.
1: I went on the table look, wanting to look like J-Lo, but it came off looking like freaking Shrek. Like freaking Shrek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as she looks in the magazines, disturbing gore is shown in the pages and suddenly Freddie's arm rips through the pages and grabs Kia by her nose. Got your nose. <laughs> she rips it off as she screams and awakens. Once again, somebody fell asleep for absolutely no reason.
1: And my favorite is that in the dream, Kia is annoyed that her friend passed out and she's not awake. When is she going to wake up? Like, is she up yet? <laughs> <laughs> I got
0: things to do.
1: I'm going to go for my nose job. I just- <laughs> It's just classic Freddy, but it's there. It's fine. It's fine.
0: It's Yeah, it's another like cheap jump scare. It's
1: there. There's a lot of those in this movie. You're just waiting for Freddy and Jason to fight and you're just wanting to like wade through all this stuff.
0: Yeah, essentially, we're just like getting through this exposition and build up to get to the like really cool showdown. Exactly, because that's where the meat is at. Will and Mark
1: make their way to the library to research more on Kruger. They discover that any trace of Kruger has been erased. The town covered up any mention of Kruger in an attempt to stopping him, to forget about him. Even going as far as locking up every Elm Street kid away and drugging them up with
0: hypnosis.
1: I love this i love this i wish that this Mm -hmm. could have been played with more i love the idea of this entire town trying to like forcibly forget its trauma so he doesn't come back i love that the town knows that kruger's real but they're shitty because they never trust these teens and know that kruger is back
0: I also think it's the fact that they know Kruger's back and they're like, fuck the kids. If I just like don't believe it and don't think about it, I'll survive. Fuck the kids. We're in
1: oh, it territory. They're like, oh shit, that kid's getting ripped open.
0: Gotta keep going. Bye. <laughs> it's either you or me, bitch. Run fast back in a super cool mystery machine will and mark devise a plan mark wants to make a run for it but in keeping up a tradition will wants to find Lori and save her oh. a rave commences in a cornfield for the high schoolers totally random is that what people do in small square states I like it i wish i
1: wit are you calling me out you stupid son of a little fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Glow lights, rave beats, and beer kegs aplenty. Charlie arrives and is quickly forced to chug a gallon of beer while Jason prepares his attack. Will makes his way to the party and explains to Lori where he's been and almost letting Lori know about her father. Gibbs veers away from the party as she chugs some beer and sees Trey's dead body to tell her, I'm dead one day and you're already out getting shit-faced? Same old Gibb! Come on, let's go! Babe, don't make me wait!
1: Like, an asshole in life and an asshole in death. Like,
0: damn.
1: <laughs> also, kids. that's just like Freddie totally fucking with her uh, toxic relationship. Freddie's best when he plays with her drama. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he leads her to an old mill casted in red lighting. Freddie appears from the shadows as she's trapped inside of his dream world. It's revealed that Gibbs is passed out on the ground as a very creepy partier tries to take advantage with her body. And this movie is very problematic. And this is like one of multiple moments that is problematic. While in the dream world, Gibbs is stalked and cornered into a locker. But in the real world, Jason finds Gibbs and her real world attacker. But back in the dream world, Freddie tries to murder Gibbs, but Jason gives the first blow. Jason shoves a giant pipe through Gibbs and her attacker and throws that fucker across throughout this cornfield. And Freddie is (laughs) (laughs) Piss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was mine,
1: mine! robert england gives one of my favorite performances of freddy because he's so campy he's aware mm-hmm. of what movies he's in and he really plays up freddy in this one
0: oh yeah because i mean by this point he like he knew the potential of the character he knew that it was legendary mm-hmm. he knew that people were going to want camp and drama and one-liners
1: This is the soap opera essentially of two adversaries
0: going at it. It's like a a soap opera mixed with WWE (laughs) with horror sprinkled in. I
1: love it. I love it. I just like I'm just gonna mention it because it's my least favorite. Gibbs' death is one of like the worst and the most problematic in this movie we didn't need her to be like sexually harassed and used because she was drunk like that was so Mm -hmm. unnecessary for the story she could have just been passed out we didn't need the party goer but like normal 2000 early 2000s tradition we had to add that in there and i think it just dampens it like that's some of the stuff i don't like
0: yeah, I don't know why they decided to go around. I don't know if they thought they were being edgy or current or what, but it it just rubbed me the wrong way. Like other things in this movie, mm-hmm. Jason shows up at the party and quickly massacres the high schoolers, all while set ablaze and moves through the field like an immovable force. The crowd scatters while Jason has his fun. The group disbands, leaving only Will and Lori. Will explains that Lori's dad killed her mom and that he sent him away. Suddenly Lori's dad rips her out of the van and threatens Will. He drags her into the house and once inside, Lori approaches her dad about her mother's death and his connections to Weston Hills. He even tries to drug her again and get to get her to sleep and their fight escalates and Lori makes a dash for the exit to rejoin Will. Huh, <sighs> I think
1: Jason's like, he literally looks like a giant fire wave that just comes through and just fucks up any kid that's in his way. And how he sets a blaze is hilarious. Those stupid college kids make fun of him.
0: Why don't you go fuck a pig? <laughs> and then they set him ablaze with those little tiki torches. <laughs> with like beer
1: and kerosene. It's so funny, yeah. he only gets put, gets put out because he hits a beer keg and it oh. sprays him with more <laughs> beer. <puts> <laughs> i was surprised the
0: crowd didn't cheer him on.
1: <laughs> yeah! Fuck him up! Kick her in the
0: ball! From there we move on and for some reason the, the- Oh no, they were dropping Lori off at her house and this is when the dad drags her out, right? Mm-hmm. And then she finally confronts her dad about the death of her mother and his connection to Weston Hills. And he admits that he is a consultant there and that he knew about- What's his name? Will? Will.
1: Where's Will? <laughs>
0: It's it's just more exposition in my opinion. It's just Honestly, more storyline.
1: Th- it is more storyline, and they're trying to add like more like background to Laurie for you to care about her. But I just want to go back to Freddie and Jason. That's what I'm here for. They're the title yeah, characters. Exactly. We rejoin Mark at his home when he makes his way to his literally giant bathroom set. <laughs> like, is it just me that feels like this bathroom is
0: ridiculously large? No, it is large, but they're also white. So I just assumed all white, which people had <laughs> huge bathrooms.
1: No, he asked. <laughs> he begins to see visions of Freddy and his brother in a tub full of blood. His brother begins to speak like Freddy and reveals his bleeding, cut-open arms. Tentacles appear from the ground and trap Mark into the floor and he screams, Somebody please wake me up! Please! He's a good actor. I actually really enjoy him. Yeah, me too. And he's got a nice ass. He does have a nice ass. Will and Lori run to Mark but can't reach him through the bars on his windows. In the dream world, Freddy tells Mark he needs him to deliver a message for him. Freddy sets him on fire while laurie and mark watch helplessly. mark is suddenly cut across his face and dies his back now burned with the message freddy's back he's the only one who actually dies by freddy
0: he is he is Mm -hmm. um and uh this is one of my favorite scenes i enjoy this actor a lot and the scene's great and i love the scene where they're like they're in the dream world and freddie's time like i have a message for you and he's like no i won't do it like a little kid and then i like when freddie gets into his face and he goes no <laughs> like, Trenchable. like <laughs> I- approaching your kids yeah. <laughs> i don't know for some reason like you said like i love the parts where freddie gets really loud and dramatic and in your face because
1: he's always been aggressive but he's really aggressive in freddie versus jason mm-hmm. and i like that stuff because in the past they've always played with freddie being like a child Campy. murderer well no like a child murderer and uh. then he like develops into this campiness and then west craven try to bring him back to scary and new nightmare and then we get this nightmare of Jason, I mean, of Freddy. And it's a really good mix of the campy Freddy and just like this hardcore, like WWE
0: Freddy who's ready to beat the fuck out of someone. Okay. Okay,
1: just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our new deputy attempts at trying to explain that it was Jason's doing. However, the sheriff has other plans. He forces Stubbs to remain quiet and go forward with his plan to shut the town down. The group now consists of Lori, Kia, Will, Charlie, and stoner knock off Bill Freeberg. (laughs) Stubbs appears to be in the basement while the group tries to figure out what to do with the two murders, and they formulate a plan. Freddie died by fire and and, and Jason by water. How can we use that?
1: I know. I know. I know. We're using the elements now. Like, why not? And and and, it's, and Leatherface died by Earth, and I think Jaws died by Air. <laughs> how can how can we use that? Where's the last Airbender?
0: Seriously, <laughs> I, uh, I mean this movie does get to a breaking point where it's just like, really, this is where we're going. But it's so sure, campy. Let's pop off sis. I know. The group quickly switches gears, stating that they should give up a virgin sacrifice, even pointing to Lori. <laughs> Kia even throws Lori under the bus. I know you never made it with Will when he can fuck somebody like me. What did he say? Lori is in a nightmare, literally, as a group tries to tie her up. Suddenly, Lori's father appears and tells her he will protect her and kisses her with tongue. As she fights back, he transforms into Freddy. Your eyes say no, no, but my mouth says yes, yes. Ugh, There's God. a lot of... um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like sexual, unwanted sexual advances? Consent, (laughs) Freddie. There's a lot going on in this movie. It's uh, definitely a problematic lot. Problematic-wise. Thank
1: you. Oh, And there it is. There we go. As he forces himself onto her, Laurie screams and rips Freddy's ear off. And she awakens, bringing Freddy's ear with her into the real world. The group discovers that it's not sleeping that kills them, it's dreaming. And in order to suppress their dreams, they formulate a plan to get to Weston Hills to steal
0: hypno <laughs>
1: How did she rip Freddie's ear off? Like fucking Mike Tyson, like she went in Seriously.
0: and she then literally it, like just like,
1: and then when she drops it, it like wiggles and then it like, disappears. It's, hmm,
0: stupid. It's stupid, is what it is. Oh,
1: it is. But I mean, you got to move the film along. How are we gonna get them to fight again? You know? I guess. I mean,
0: ten years in pre-production. This is what y'all came <gasps> up with. <gasps>
1: We would have gotten a cult or Jason during a murder trial. I think this is the best one that we
0: got. (laughs) They break into the facility and quickly separate as they always do in these horror movies. Freeberg does what all storners do in horror. He decides he needs a smoke break. Do you want to smoke smoke before? before? (laughs)
1: yes <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> well freeberg gets a smoke on the remaining group find their way into the d-wing hey wow. the d-wing consists of patients who were given too much hypnosis and now remain in comas each patient revealed to be having wow each patient revealed to have been victims of laurie's dad freeberg then finds a smoking phallic worm version of freddie i think it's a caterpillar type uh, is thing. it
1: supposed to be like an alice in wonderland vibe thing
0: I think so, but it doesn't look like that. It does look very phallic, I will give you that. Mm Huh? What do you want some dick? The Freddy Worm jumps into Freeberg's mouth and possesses him. I knew Freeberg was gay. Forcing (laughs) him to dump and dispose of the hypnosil. He didn't even gag when that shit went all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) A professional. He's a size queen. The Freddy Worm jumps into Freeberg's mouth and possesses him. Forcing him to dump and dispose of the hypnosil. Jason suddenly appears and attacks the group, electrifying Deputy Stubbs. Possessed Freeberg gathers monstrous amounts of tranquilizer as Jason attacks the group. Let me handle this bitch. <laughs> we got our second bitch of the movie. We ha- No, we had multiple bitches. I just
1: didn't write them down. <laughs> this possession is better than Freddy 2 when he possesses Jesse. Because it's quick, it's down, it's dirty. It makes sense. The other one doesn't. I'm not yeah. gonna get into that. I don't mind, it's, it moves the plot along. Deputy Stubbs is so easily taken out, it's ridiculous. He joins the group for two minutes a and then he's out. Forgettable character.
0: They like, all are,
1: no. they all are.
0: That's true, this is true, this is true.
1: What's not clicking, what's not clicking? <laughs> Free, bu- free bug, free bug, whatever. Stabs Jason with two giant tranquilizers and is quickly cut in half while Jason passes out. Jason, now trapped within the dream world, is real- Has realized he's been tricked by Freddy. Round one, fight. Our first battle commences in all of its horror wire fighting glory. Pipes and machetes are thrown, but his immortality is evident in the dream world. Freddy quickly discovers his fear of water and a younger Jason is shown and tormented. We also get some really excellent pinball sound design when Freddy's <laughs> pots him around. Freddy enters Jason's dream world and transports back to where it all started. The first fight is so fun, but it is clearly like Freddy's round. Freddy kind of run this won this one.
0: Yeah, he did for sure. Especially when he taps into "quote unquote" Jason's fear of water, which makes zero sense to because Jason's he emerges character. out
1: of the water all the time. He
0: lives in the fucking water, bitch! Like that made zero sense. Like it, it makes sense and also doesn't make sense. It makes sense because that's how he died as a child. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to the rest of the series because he lives in the water. He constantly emerges out of the water, so clearly he's not afraid of water. Whatever, pop You believe what you want to believe. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> The gang sets the planet to motion. They put Lori to sleep to jump into Jason's dream. We are playing by dream warrior rules here, y'all. Once in the dream, Lori is back in Camp Crystal Lake and sees a tormented Jason. She tries to save him while Jason drowns, but Freddy holds child Jason down into the depths of the lake. As Jason drowns, Kia must perform mouth to mouth to resuscitate him. I would do it myself, but I've had asthma since I was six. I don't have the lung, power. Kia! He Kia! Has asthma! <laughs>
1: it's my favorite line it is my ah, it is my favorite line i have to break this down i have to break this down because i love this setting i don't get why all of a sudden she can enter other people's dreams okay cool we're playing by dream warrior roles i don't mind because dream Warrior is my favorite of the whole series but once we get here we also get freddie f***ing a camp counselor a, dead camp, a counselor. dead camp counselor it's a lot there's a lot of like sexual misconduct going on in here and it's very uncomfortable
0: yeah we've officially trekked into necromancy here we,
1: really oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> stop stop but this line of like them trying to res- resuscitate jason is the most hilarious fucking thing because i love that everyone's freaking out and there's just like a moment of silence for kia to be like i don't know if i want to do this kia kia he has asthma <laughs> <laughs>
0: so seriously too he's like driving the van in a panic kia
1: he has asthma Good. Uh suddenly Jason sits up in the real world and frightens the Scooby Gang so much that they swerve and crash, sending Jason literally flying and exiting the dream world. Freddy, now pissed, sets his sights on Lori. He sends her to the night her mother died in a nightgown, of course, because who doesn't love a costume change? While in the real world, mm-hmm. the gang tries to transport everyone to Camp Crystal Lake, leaving Lori to defend herself. I kind of dig that everything's getting heightened. I just don't get why she didn't wake up. I know she's tranked, but like she was tossed around in a van. How did she survive?
0: Uh, She's a tiny girl and she had a lot of trank. Who knows? It's a pothole. (laughs) One of many. (laughs) It is revealed to Lori the truth of Freddy tormenting his mother and his dad killing her to save her. Freddy gets his hands on Lori and as the gang finally make it to the camp. While she's being tortured, Jason catches up with them and sets fire to the cabin and, and throws Kelly Rowland across the room like a ragdoll. Charlie tries to defend her and is thrown into a wall hook? Something, uh, something protruding out of the wall. In the dream world, Freddy gives us his infamous line. Welcome to my world, bitch. But in the real world, her hand accidentally gets caught in the fire and she's awoken up and pulls Freddy into the real world and... Round two, fight! The fight of the century is about to begin. Ding, ding,
1: ding. I feel like this is like the first real fight, even though this is like round
0: two. Mm -hmm.
1: I love when things get chaotic and things are just like, like, oh my God, what is happening? Oh my God, Kelly Rowland got thrown by Tina Knowles. And then just like, (laughs) and everything. It's just, it's too much. And it's, it's fucking great because the fight we've been waiting for goes forward and Jason takes Freddy down so fast and throws him like all along the fire throws him like literally holds him and pushes him through multiple sets of windows uh, he fucks <laughs> him up royally jason won the second round like uh, uh, ding 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 I hands had down easy uh kia leaves charlie by a tree to get help for the group but as she leaves he bleeds out and dies in a quiet kill freddie catches up with the group and kia decides to distract <sighs> with one of the most awkward monologues in either of these two franchises. So you're the one everyone's afraid of? Tell me something. What kind of faggot runs around in a Christmas sweater? I mean let's be real you're not even scary you're not even scary and let's talk about the butter knives what is with the butter knives you trying to compensate for something a little short between the legs mr krueger i mean you get mm. these teensy weensy little things and jason has got this
0: big old thing big old.
1: <laughs> that's like freddie points for her to turn around when jason appears and Oh, so quickly disposes of her in a single swoop the ultimate fight night then pushes into its third and final round final round fight one of the biggest like this is just one of multiple problematic moments that we're talking about and this just feels so out of place because no one has been homophobic up to this point and then all of a sudden we just get a big dose of homophobia and calling him a faggot
0: and i like christmas sweaters from kelly roland of all people totally drops the f-bomb in the third act it's just it's really out of place it is. we've covered multiple movies where there's been explicit homophobia and slurs thrown around and plenty of movies have been products of the time mm-hmm. this just rubs me the wrong way because it's so out. like it's yes it's a product of its time because it's in 2003 but it's just so out of place within the movie because like you said nowhere else in the movie have has the f-bomb ever been dropped there's never been any sense of homophobia until this point and then it's directed at freddie from kelly roland i know kelly Rowland
1: also being like kind of a gay icon within the queer community so it's well now she is I feel like at the time she wasn't I mean Destiny's Child was so queer like the queers love Destiny's Child but like it's just this is where you're right Kelly Rowland's not exactly an actress so this like isn't really sold and then just like the awkwardness of this monologue it kind of feels like something the studio would put in to like edge it up and like make it like more grungy or whatever the fuck you want to call it and then Mm. it's just new line being homophobic as f*** it's yeah it is weird it is so weird and then she talks about their penises so it's just (laughs) this movie is so overtly sexual in such demeaning and horrible ways that it's what
0: I love the way she talks about Jason's machete. She's like, "You got these teensy weensy little things, and Jason's got this big ol'." She <laughs> can't even finish her sentence because then Jason wags <laughs> her with that big ol' My machete. My favorite is that, that she wiggles
1: her whole arm down to the forearm. She's like, "There's a big ol' thing." Mm-hmm. I get it, girl. Mm-hmm. I get it. The, I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't you have to explain it to me? It's okay. But moving forward, Freddie and Jason continue their battle, and Lori decides to stay until Freddie's dead because he ruined both of our lives. While Freddy seems to be no match for Jason's physical power, he still heavily wounds Jason because of his superior speed. During their fight, Lori and Will burn the gas tanks at the docks to blow both Freddy and Jason up. Until then, Jason's already lost four fingers and his friggin' eye. When the fire starts to spread, Jason rips off Freddy's arms with the claws and Freddy stabs Jason's heart with the machete. The resulting explosion sends both of them into the lake. This final scene is so fun and ridiculous, even though it feels like a Fast and the Furious action scene.
0: Yeah, it's got the kind of tone to it but it keeps me interested because it's Freddie and jason and they're just going ham on and the each setting other. is really
1: dope the setting is really yeah dope.
0: and the sound design is really good because you get all the gushing and the blood and the oh it's it's a lot to take in but it's great this is what the fans came for they wanted to see a, a bloodbath blood bath. There was uh-huh. blood on
1: the floor, honey. There was blood all over the floor. But all over the were floor were they doing construction at Camp Crystal Lake? So why is all of the scaffolding
0: and like equipment what? here? That's what? the only thing that didn't make sense to me. Honestly, I've never clocked it until you mentioned it. Now I never even like thought twice about why the fuck all this destruction is going
1: because on. Because Freddie sets like oxygen tanks towards Jason's way. Jason like throws Freddie, and he crashes into like giant wires. It doesn't make sense. Like, what rich person is trying to convert Camp Crystal Lake into like a cute resort? They were bulldozing. They were turning
0: them into cute condos. <laughs> Hello. Freddy comes back and attempts to kill Lori with Jason's machete. Jason ultimately defeats Freddy despite appearing to die in the process, stabbing him with Freddy's own claws before falling into Crystal Lake. Lori picks up Jason's machete while Freddy kneels on the dock helplessly. She shouts at Freddy, Welcome to my world, bitch! Then uses the (laughs) machete to behead Freddy and throws the machete to Jason as he sinks. Lorian will depart, but the next morning, Jason rises from the water carrying his machete and Freddy's severed head, which smirks and winks in the audience before laughing maniacally, leaving the winner ambiguous. I have to state, young, queer little me watched this movie
1: at a time that I wasn't supposed to. It was pro- I think it was on sci fi, because this played on sci fi a lot. a
0: lot.
1: But that final kill of Welcome to my world, bitch. Do you know how many times I uttered that while playing in somebody's pool? And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> such a little stupid horror queer this ending i don't mind that they leave ambiguous i kind of love this ambiguous ending of who won but i'm gonna ask you in your opinion if you had to pick a winner who won jason thank you
0: thank you thank you thank you i am a nightmare stan jason who had a full body here by the end of the movie jason jason was the only one left standing
1: i know this is like up for contention for a lot of like fans of who won but look me in the fucking eye and tell me that it wasn't jason you're right jason was the only one who had a full body by the end of this i don't care that freddie is still quasi semi alive this is the only time we've seen freddie but just like a head and that's the end of the movie so i Mm -hmm. will take it i think it's fun I think this finale ending was wonderful apparently though during the explosions the explosion was too big and set off a little too much when they filmed it so when the actors jumped into the water during the explosion and they came up everyone was just kind of flabbergasted apparently some of equipment was damaged and they were just (gasps) like oh that didn't go as planned but everybody's okay so we're
0: gonna move on holy shit I hope the shot was worth it I don't understand why there's like hubbub about who won here. Now, the only you did, Jason was the one with the whole body at the end. He had a higher kill count than Freddie did. So did. E- even if he didn't win, like in the end, he still had a higher body count. Mm-hmm. I say Jason won. Freddie's still alive. Everybody gets a piece of the pie. Please,
1: if you have a different opinion on it, let us know. Please let us know at our Instagram at The Carpenter Queens. I I need to know, what is your final feelings towards the end of this
0: campy, ridiculous early 2000s movie? Ooh, I love this movie. I know. We both love this movie. We wouldn't cover it if we didn't love it. And this is, a, like we've said, this is a movie for the fans. This is something that we had been waiting for. It had been pre-production hell for 10 years. So it was a long time coming, and everybody was really excited for this movie when it finally came out. And I have to say it delivered for me It, it delivered, especially does. on the first especially on the first watch it really delivered for me it's definitely not without its faults i will give it that mm-hmm. it's a product of its time it's got plot holes it's got plenty of, it's got horrible actors so it's not all it's not all aces but when it comes down to like what i came to see the movie for which was to see freddie and jason have a showdown it didn't disappoint me and i'm gonna have to give it a four out of five
1: wow
0: Wow, I
1: can, I can see your point. I can see why this was the reason why it's in this freaking month. This was a blockbuster. Everyone wanted this. I think it totally delivered on the matchup that we wanted. Yeah. There's a lot of parts on it that like looking on it now, they just don't work. There's homophobia. There's horrible mm-hmm. sexual like advancements in this movie. Mm-hmm. There is just, it's, it's got so many wrongs with it, but it's, It does what it needs to do. It is a campy popcorn monster fight. That is what it is at the end of the day. What needed to to be done. done. (laughs) But with all of its faults, and there's a lot of this movie that I just don't like. I think some parts are boring. I think Lori's stuff is just not necessary. I'm Mm going to give it a three and a half out of five. It is still like, I will put it on and I will watch it whenever
0: it's on. But there's, it's not a great movie. It's just a good no. fun movie. Yeah. It's a horror blockbuster, which we don't have too many of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a fun popcorn movie for sure. Definitely take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> it is a product of its time, but it's fun. Like if you were a fan of either of these Titans of Terror, it's definitely worth the watch. Oh, absolutely. Freaking
1: lootly. I adored this blockbuster, but next week's blockbuster to finish out our month in July is a doozy. Closing out our summer blockbusters is the monster flick that started it all. The Carpenter Queens are dying for a lovely beach day on Amity Island to enjoy Steven Spielberg's infamous film that scared the world from going into the water. Bring a towel and learn to swim fast as we dissect Jaws from 1975. What a
0: doozy. I'm so excited. The original Blockbuster, bitch. The one that started it all. It really, I'm really truly excited. did. I love Jaws. Oh, you love, you love Jaws. There's a I big, do. deep love I, there. I, whale I don't know why, really.
1: I have, uh, I don't
0: know why. I have like this really
1: like deep love for Jaws and I'm so excited to cover it on the pod. It's a great one to finish out. So I can't wait, especially since it'll be, our 25th episode and we'll only have five episodes left after that we're almost to the end of season one y'all but if you'd like it's getting real it's too real was that too real too real if you'd like to keep up with us please follow us at our instagram at the carpenter queens our twitter is at carpenter queens please follow subscribe like comment rate it truly helps us out my personal instagram is at nicholas alexander photography
0: my personal account is at stfu_ray, and that concludes this week's episode, Queerdos, We hope to catch you on next week's episode when we finally to take a dip the into cool. the cool waters of <laughs> Amity Island. Until then, we'll catch you on the flip side. See you next bye. time. Bye, 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 bye. Bye,
1: bitch. <laughs>